0: back to Check the Locks Presents True Crime for the short on time. As always, I'm John Connor.
1: I'm Olivia Cornu.
0: Saying thank you for joining us this week as we dive into another truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case. Olivia, before we get started, it is currently midnight and we are starting this recording session. How are you doing? How are you hanging in? You going to be ready to rock with me?
1: You know, tonight I kind of feel like we're trading places. I feel like I have more pep in my step than you do, you know, but it's also my fault that we're recording late. So... John, just want to let the listeners know how much you love and adore me and love that I'm never prepared.
0: Hey, where's the fun if you're prepared? You know what I right. mean? <laughs> so no. And uh, I honestly, what I think it is, I was sick like that two weeks ago and I'm still mm-hmm. just like trying to fight to get over it. Like I had a sore throat all last week and everything like that. So I think I'm just running on empty or whatever that song is. So. <laughs> but. But that's all right. We're going to make it through. We're going to have a good time. I'm happy to be here. This is always the favorite part of my week is getting to hang out with you and record these episodes. And guess what, Olivia? I am short on time. Are you short on time?
1: Me too. It's bedtime.
0: I know it is bedtime. Our listeners are short on time. (laughs) like quit whining get to the murder and so that's exactly what we're gonna do today so this week is my episode and I had to do a little bit of a rip-off from Monday's episode that you brought because I was like you know what I'm going to bring another listener suggestion Kim if you know you know sent me a message about this story and I was like oh this is so good we got to talk about it so I'm really excited to dive into it with you to see what you think to see what the listeners think if they're not familiar with it like I said I know we're We're short on time. Should we just jump on in?
1: Yeah, I'm really excited you're covering this case because I think I sent it to you a couple times too. So if you weren't going to do it, I was
0: going to do it. Well, I'm glad that it's getting done because as I was researching, I was like, this is crazy. This is crazy town. Yeah. All right. Get started. Well, this week's case takes place in Utah and Corey and Eric Richens had been married for nine years. Corey was born on April 20th, 1990 and worked as a real estate agent in the state. Eric was born on May 13, 1982, in Bountiful, Utah. He was born into a well-to-do family and grew up helping his father work on their ranch. Now, on the surface, they were a loving couple with three young sons. But on March 4th of 2022, tragedy struck. In the early hours of the morning, police responded to a 911 call from the Richens' home. Once there, they found Eric lying unresponsive at the foot of the couple's bed. Now, according to Corey, the night before, she had closed on a house for her company. To celebrate, she made Eric a Moscow mule before going to bed. She told police that the couple went to bed together, but during the night, she went to lay with her son, who was having a night terror. Then, at around 3 a.m., she claimed to return to the bedroom and found Eric. Corey said that he was cold to the touch, and that's when she called 911. Now, first responders attempted to revive him, but they were unsuccessful. And sadly, Eric passed away on March 4th, 2022. Now, almost a year later, Corey Richards published a children's book titled Are You With Me? Now, I looked this book up on Amazon, and according to the synopsis, Are You With Me is a book that, quote, gently guides children through the difficult experience of losing a loved one. But in a shocking twist, investigators now allege that Corey Richards killed her husband of nine years with a lethal dose of fentanyl. So before we go any further, Olivia, what are you thinking? Where's your mind at? Because as I was researching, I was like,
1: what is going on? I have just seen these like clickbait pictures and like things like this person wrote this book about grief for children and now is being charged with murdering her husband. It's wild to me. And she's 10 years younger than him right now. I just don't know the motive, but I just every time I've seen it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I have to click on it and read it. And I just haven't given it enough time. So I don't even know what I'm thinking.
0: Yeah, this case is just straight up cuckoo bananas. Like, it's insane. And what was really interesting to me was that on Monday you did a case about a couple who divorced and then the ex-wife was found dead. And I was immediately like, oh, the spouse did. it, And I was totally wrong. And then I went through this and I was like, see, that was Mm -hmm. the 10 out of 10 where the other nine, it is the spouse. So I feel vindicated in my stance originally. Well, Corey Richens has been charged with aggravated murder and three counts of possession of a controlled substance with the intent to distribute. According to court documents, Corey purchased the illicit drug in the months leading up to Eric's murder from an acquaintance identified only as C.L., In fact, just weeks before Eric's death, the couple had celebrated Valentine's Day with a dinner at home, and according to a friend, after that dinner, Eric became very ill. That same friend said that Eric believed his wife was trying to poison him. Additionally, Corey attempted to change a life insurance policy to make herself the sole beneficiary if Eric were to die. She was arrested on Monday, May 8th, which was this past Monday from the day that we're recording this episode. After an autopsy revealed that Eric had five times the lethal dosage of fentanyl in his system. And again, I don't know what you're thinking, but to me, that is crazy. That is so much fentanyl, especially when such a small amount can kill you. You know what I mean? Like, again, I was just kind of speechless.
1: Yeah, it's crazy.
0: Now, during the investigation, detectives obtained a search warrant and they seized Corey's phone as well as computers in the home. It was then that they discovered the communication between Corey and the CL person. And court records show that CL has an extensive police record that included drug-related offenses. Now, obviously, the police interviewed CL, and they shared that sometime between December of 2021 and February of 2022, Corey contacted them about prescription pain pills for a, quote, investor. CL shared that they provided hydrocodone to Corey Richards. And only a few weeks later, she reached out again asking for some of that, quote, Michael Jackson stuff.
1: Well, that Michael Jackson stuff was not fentanyl. It was propofol.
0: Yes, that is correct. But still, fentanyl.
1: Some hard stuff. Yeah. I use it all the time on my patients.
0: Yeah. We just visited a friend who was giving birth and they gave her fentanyl in like small doses Mm-hmm. And she has an adverse reaction. So every time they gave it to her, it would make her sick. Like she just doesn't do well with pain medication anyway. But I was like,
1: That's some hard stuff. Yeah. Like yeah, that's a fentanyl crazy. is designed to be in an ICU like controlled environment with ventilators.
0: Yeah, it's nuts. So just to like reach out to somebody and be like, Hey, you got some of that? Like is a something I could never imagine. No. I don't run in those circles, I guess. We're too old. I don't care. I mean, I don't care how young I was. I don't think I'd ever be like, Yo, you got any fentanyl? I'm good.
1: Mm -mm. Nope.
0: Now, court records show that around February 11th of 2022, Corey visited CL's home and paid roughly $900 for 15 to 30 fentanyl pills. Eric Ridgens was dead six days later. Now, when police initially arrived on the scene, Corey told them that her phone had been plugged in on the table next to the bed all night and that she did not take it to her son's room. However, when the phone was seized, investigators were able to determine that the phone had been locked and unlocked several times around the time of Eric's death. They also discovered that text messages had been sent and received on the iPhone, but they had been deleted. Now, after Eric's death, Corey began working on her book, and she even landed a TV interview on Good Morning Utah. But Erin Richens, Eric's sister, was suspicious. She told detectives about a vacation to Greece that the couple had taken a few years prior. During that trip, Corey made Eric a drink, and after drinking it, he got violently sick. Aaron shared that Eric called her from that trip and told her that he believed Corey had tried to poison him. In fact, an April 22 search warrant quoted a detective stating investigators found no painkillers or other concerning medications for Eric. And according to friends and family, he was also not a drug user. And as the investigation continued, more details about the attempted life insurance change came to light. Police learned that Corey had logged into Eric's life insurance policy agreement online. Once there, she attempted to change the policy agreement with Eric's business partner and change them from each other's beneficiary to her as the only beneficiary. But the insurance company notified Eric and his partner and they were able to change it back. And prior to his death, Eric had actually changed his life insurance policy to make his sister, Erin, the sole beneficiary. And all of this was done without Corey's knowledge. And apparently there was a court battle because Corey was like, no, I deserve this money. You know, and the family's like, no, like we changed it to Erin.
1: Yeah.
0: Eric's family also shared that the couple had been fighting over a $2 million real estate investment. Again, according to the affidavit, Eric was going to tell his wife that he wouldn't sign the papers to complete the purchase. The day after Eric's death, Corey Richen signed the paper on her own. Now, after her arrest, a judge ordered Corey to be held without bail. Her detention hearing is set for May 19th of 2023. And again, she is innocent until proven guilty. But I will say, reading through the evidence here...
1: Looking so good.
0: Yeah, I'm going to be very interested to see how this plays out. But yes, yeah, not looking good at all. So what are you thinking? Where are you at as we went through it?
1: I mean, she's innocent until proven guilty, but sis looks pretty suspicious.
0: I mean, when your deceased husband is found with five times the lethal amount of fentanyl and then someone's like, yeah, she bought like 15 to 30 fentanyl pills from me very shortly before he died. That's not a good look. And it seems like she's tried to do this numerous times.
1: My question is, is if he knows or thought if he thought that she was poisoning him, why the heck was he taking drinks from her? You know, like, I need to know more about this. Like, I just need to know more about their history and kind of how long this has been going on. How long had these events been happening where he would get violently ill and thinking she was poisoning him? There's just gonna. there's going to this one's going to be a good one. This is going to be the one that you kind of want to watch on TV. because I feel like we're going to find out more.
0: Yeah, it's just crazy because, you know, I wonder if it is a case of someone suspecting the worst but wanting to hope for the best. You know what I mean? Where they're like, man, every time she makes me drink, I get, like I get the super shits. sick. And like, maybe she's like trying to kill me. And then you're like, no. He would
1: have had to have thought it enough because he told his sister.
0: Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. I don't know if it was like a moment of like mental clarity where like, do you think she's like trying to. Right, right. I think she might be trying to poison me. But like, you've also been married for nine years. You have three kids. There was, I know there was a prenup that was involved. It definitely seems like the motive is financial. You know, if she did this, it definitely seems like it, it comes down to money. You know, signing that $2 million deal the day after your, your husband has died, like it is not a good look.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know? she's 32 years old and owns a $2 million like property. Like you can't be suffering that bad if you have that type of income to purchase a home that costs that much.
0: Yeah, and I was looking into the obituary because I was trying to find out what he did for a living. Yeah. And it basically said that like, he was born into this family, like grew up helping his father on the ranch and stuff like that. So I think he came from a well-to-do family.
1: Yeah. And I mean, he's 40, so like he's done some time and probably could have some, you know, extra cash stashed away. But like, th- there's going to be some sort of like psych evaluation that's going to happen. And I'm interested to hear what they diagnose her with because you're taking, you're poisoning your husband. This is all hearsay, but you're poisoning your husband and you are planning to market off of the death of your spouse.
0: Not planning. She did. You can buy the book.
1: She did. yes, she did. She published a whole book. Meanwhile, she has three kids at home. Like, what in the world? Something's not right. And I'm interested to see what, like, psychiatrists that evaluate her have
0: to say about all this. Yeah, and this case really reminded me a lot of the Stacey Castor case that you brought.
1: Mm -hmm. The
0: Black Widow.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: She was using antifreeze. But I'm like, oh man, it's really similar. And then the thing that really kind of stuck in my head was like these poor kids, man, like they lost their dad. They're all under 10 years old.
1: They're little, They're young.
0: Yeah. They're all under 10. They lose their dad. Then their mom writes this book about like this is how you deal with grief and stuff like that. And then you find out that your mom killed your dad allegedly you know again want to make sure we're covering ourselves until the like the trial and everything happens but being as young as they are now i'm sure they can't like fully comprehend it but like that's one of those things where it's like you're going to need some intense therapy when you're older to like work through this is going to be some high level trauma for you when you're an adult and could very yeah it could very easily you know inform some bad decisions in your life so like hopefully those kids are getting the help they need to process through everything but it was just nuts So, Kim, thank you for sending this to me. And if we're talking about it, we're talking deadbolt test. Where does this fall for you?
1: I mean, I'm not worried about anybody poisoning me with fentanyl. So on that factor, I'm going to put it at like a four. Four. But like, there's going to be some stuff that comes out. And I feel like this is going to be one of the cases that makes like national news and like you follow along.
0: See, I thought it'd be higher for you. I thought it would be like, I don't know if there's some guy trying to come along and (laughs) get some of that sweet, sweet nurse practitioner money. And, gonna,
1: I, mean? I don't have any money know,
0: but. Some of that sweet, sweet nurse practitioner debt <laughs> like,
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I think for me I'm going to put this at a uh, I'm going to say a six And the only reason I'm saying a six mm-hmm. Is that Kara has said to me
1: She's going to poison you with fentanyl
0: <laughs> no, no, in a joking context She was like, yeah, if I ever just wanted to get rid of you I'd just poison you slowly over time
1: <laughs> So that's how <laughs> she's going to do it
0: yeah. So when that if smart I,
1: water you're drinking uh starts to turn a little discolored.
0: Yeah. So if I go missing and suddenly Kara has a bunch of nice shoes and new purses and stuff, like <laughs> go looking for me. But but yeah, that's the only reason again it's just a six, is because, you know, like you said, they've been married for nine years and this has happened supposedly a few times. Yeah. And like your, your brain just doesn't want to accept it is what it seems like to me. You know what I mean? We're like, I like, no, I must be like going crazy. She, yeah, there's no they have way three she's kids. trying to poison boys He's me.
1: 40. Yeah. He had, I mean, I feel bad for him. I feel bad for his family. I just, I, I don't know. I'm telling you, this one's going to be a big one. There's going to be some stuff that comes out.
0: Oh yeah. If not, gonna, then I
1: don't know.
0: Oh yeah. It's going to be very, very interesting. I'm excited to.
1: This is like a Casey Anthony, like a, I mean, it's not murdering children, but like there are children's lives destroyed. But we haven't had one of these big cases, I feel like, make national news in a while. And I feel like this is going to be one of them.
0: Yeah. And I definitely think with her writing a children's book and trying to profit off of what she allegedly did, that this is going to be one of those cases that definitely is covered by all the news outlets. Like I think once it goes to trial, you're going to hear a lot about it because this like this kind of thing just doesn't happen. Husbands kill their wives, wives kill their husband, but very rarely are they like, I'm going to publish a book. And it's like 4.2 stars on Amazon. Apparently people like it.
1: No a book but it's a book a children's novel to help children go through grief when she caused the grief of her children
0: like yeah step one don't kill your husband
1: (laughs) right prevent your children from having grief
0: i feel bad for eric i feel bad for his family i feel bad for you know his sons but i'm just like it's just kind of hard to like wrap your head around It's, it's so unbelievable you know what i mean so
1: yeah, like if you were going to write the children's book, you could have wrote it anyways. It's not like it helped her get through grief. She probably has had the book written for decades.
0: She was like, I need inspiration. No, just
1: let me publish it. She didn't just publish a book and create one overnight, I don't think. I mean, I don't know the process, but like, I feel like all this was very premeditated.
0: Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, especially if she's tried it several times. And I'm going to be really interested to see if they can recover those text messages that were sent around the time that he died like what those texts say, who she was texting. iPhones get a little weird because if it's, you know, iMessage to iMessage, it may be a little bit harder than like a standard like Android text message or something like that. So, but I'm interested to see how this plays out. And, you know, hopefully our listeners think this is as crazy as we do. But that is where we are falling on the dead bull test. Olivia is giving this a four. I'm coming a little bit higher at a six. But as always, we want to know where does the murder of Eric Richens fall on your dead bull test? You can let us know. Reach out to us on Instagram at Check The Locks Pod. Find us on Twitter at Check The Locks. And if you're not in our Facebook group, come hang out with us. We would love to get to know you, get to hang out with you. There is a link in the show description, so you can come and kick it with us. We'd love to have you. And as always, if you like what we do and you want to financially support Check the Locks, you can do so by becoming a patron. Head over to patreon.com forward slash check the locks. You can get signed up today. You get the episodes a little bit early no ads. Plus we've got stickers, t-shirts, coffee mugs, all sorts of stuff just for being a patron. So if you want to help us out, you want to help us keep the lights on, check it out. We would love to have your support. And if you can't financially support the show, that definitely makes sense. We understand times are what they are. Just listening to the show, hanging out with us, sharing it with your friends and family means just as much, if not more. So if that is you, you're letting people know about what we do. You're sending links out, listening every week. Just know that we appreciate you more than we could ever put into words. We just want to grow our family get in front of as many people as possible and that support helps us to do that that is all that we have for this week's case but please make sure that you are subscribed to check the locks on your favorite podcast app so that you never miss an episode we will see you again next week with a brand new truly terrifying bite-sized true crime case but until then don't forget to
1: check the locks see you next week Bye. bye bye